So in this episode, I talk with a friend of mine who is actually from Germany, and we met over the um, the streaming site Twitch. Uh, we're both gamers, and we both stream on Twitch, and we, we met there and kind of just uh, hit it off right away. I, I really liked the dude uh, from day one. And um, we just had a really good conversation here. Uh, A lot about gaming, uh, you know, the gaming industry, where they're at in this day and age. And uh, a lot about the music industry. We talked about technology and the future of technology. Uh, Also kind of wanted to get his perspective, uh, you know, being German and kind of, uh, you know, being around people in Germany, kind of getting an idea of like the general consensus of what people in Germany think about America, the state that America is in right now. And, um, you know, just getting that kind of uh, input can help us kind of see outside of our, or, you know, be on the outside looking in. We're always on the inside looking out. Um, so just it's a different perspective, and it can give us different ways, new ideas of overcoming the problems that we're facing in this day and age. So uh, thank you guys for coming by, and I hope you enjoy this podcast with my buddy, Fan. So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor, that's A-N-C-H-O-R. All right, so we're here with my buddy, Fan. That's the only, I only know you by Fan. If I, what's Most do, because it's a pain in the ass to learn if you, you're not a native German speaker. So is that, is that like part of your real name? No, no. Um, so what the main ne- uh, name means is basically it's every capitalized letter is uh, the beginning of a new word, right? Yeah. So it's actually kind of a descriptor. Mm-hmm. It's called sowas wie ein Fan, which means something like a fan, as in a kind of a fan, but not quite. I like that. Because, <laughs> because I, I like a lot of things, but I like to be critical even about the things I like. So I would never call myself like an actual fan of anything. Like uh, because that also implies fanatic. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, I never knew that. I, I'm glad that, uh, we got to discuss that. So, uh, fan is, um, a, a buddy of mine from the platform Twitch. Uh, he is a, a streamer on Twitch. And, um, we met a couple months ago. And, um, right off the bat, man, I, I liked you. Just, uh, you're an interesting. Yeah, likewise, actually. You're an interesting character. Um, uh, you play a lot of um, point-and-click type games, right? Um, I actually play literally everything. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. Uh, noticed you play a lot of indie games, which I always enjoy watching, um, and it kind of like gives me an idea. Like, um, do I want to pick this game up? Because uh, I don't know. Watching your stream just. It's kind of like a way for me to get info on indie games. It's glad I'm glad that you said that because that's actually what I'm aiming to do T- with my to, streams. Trying to give like recognition to the the more unknown games out there. Yeah, because I feel I, I very strongly at this point that the AAA industry is just fucked beyond belief. If I can be so frank, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean. It's it's a big money grab, and they're kind of like the quality of the video games are kind of just getting really generic and going to shit. Yeah, the only big selling point they have left is a polish, basically, so graphical polish. Yeah, 
and um, animation polish and stuff like that. And then no real substance to the video game at all. They even carved the substance out to sell as part of the season pass later on. Yeah, yeah, right. It's. I mean, if you look at, at a standard AAA video game these days, you're having like a base $60 price for which you get like a very hollow experience. Probably not a satisfying one, uh, given that they want you to grind as much as possible so that you spend money on loot boxes or other microtransactions, right? Loot boxes are kind of in a... They have a bad reputation at this point, deservingly so. Yeah. But they, they still use them or they at least uh, just put other microtransactions in so that they can market themselves with not having loot boxes, which is the new trick. Yeah, I don't So they you. want... I see that. They, they make you grind out these subtle experiences, make it as frustrating as possible, even when they give you free loot boxes. Uh, we are at the point now where um, in Apex, for instance, after you reach a certain level threshold, you only get a loot box every other level instead of every level as before. So they are laying out rules for you to break. So you're getting frustrated into spending money to get the box that you didn't yeah. get that time. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing that's going on in in the gaming industry now but you know going back to indie games like they are making great games with substance like um you know last year celeste was one of my favorite games like that i have ever played and uh celeste was fantastic it was amazing and and it didn't really like revolve around killing anything you know like a lot of the excitement in games today is like killing and there's there's violence involved but celeste did it like in a very wholesome way where there was you know it wasn't about you killing anything um it was just about celeste was kind of uh, at least i saw it as uh, overcoming mental obstacles yes like pretty much overcoming your inner demons fighting uh, some nondescript mental illness maybe mm-hmm. and I that's think, how i interpreted that game yeah and i and i mean i felt like i related to the character you know and the battles with um depression or anxiety or not even just be- being able to believe in yourself and you know she was like i have to do this i don't know what it is but i have to do this and um yeah i, th- I felt it was very relatable and i think it was just the substance that the whole game had was, uh, you know, revolutionary. And did it win? Um, it won best indie game. I know, right? It did, and it was very obvious that it's going to be because it was the only indie game that was nominated for the actual game of the year. Yeah, and and the fact so at the very least, in best indie game, it would have gotten. Yeah, it, and the fact that an indie game made it you know, was nominated for Best Game of the Year. That says a lot about the um, indie industry that's coming up. Yeah, I think I said as much if I remember correctly. Um, you were in my chat when I uh, did the reaction to the Video Game Awards. Yeah, yeah, I was there. By, by now, the vote is up on my YouTube, so you can go check that out. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, sweet. Um, and so, for the people listening... Um, Fan is a native German, correct? Yes, that is correct. He hails from the great Deutschland, right? <laughs> uh, yep, and from the even greater Nordrhein-Westfalen, which no American can pronounce. And yeah, no, I don't even <laughs> want to try to butcher it, man. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, um, he's chatting to us from Germany at the moment. And uh, I must say, man, you, uh, you've got English down. Yeah, I um, actually funny story about that. I was one of the way back in like preschool. I was in the one of the first classes in Germany to get English as a, a mandatory subject. Really? Yeah, in like second grade or something. So yeah, I mean, um, so I learned it from a very early on age, and because I didn't really have a reason to care about it, I was like just kind of cheesing it as. A lot of people are in school these yeah. days because the the school system is just basically what it is, is 
they are building up towards a test. So you're cramming all this knowledge into your head. And then after the test is done, you don't really need that info anymore. So you're just kind of erasing it and make room for the next one. And you're winging it through school that way. I don't feel like you're getting prepared for life at all. Yeah, that um actually sounds a lot like the American school system. And uh, I hope that it's, I mean, it kind of sounds like it's rubbing off in other countries. I don't know. Um, I, I guess, you know, maybe before World War Two or anything like that, um, I, I don't know how the school systems were in Germany, but the school system here in America was kind of set up around that time to produce factory workers. Um, you know, we got the bell, we get up and we go in a single file line to the next uh, room or the next assembly. Um, and really it was all set up because we needed workers in factories, you know, mm. producing things uh, for the economy and for the war as well. And, uh, I mean, during the industrialization, yeah. that was pretty much the same thing in Europe. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. And between World War One and Two, that was uh, the time where Hitler just rose to power. Yeah. So, uh, bit by bit, the school system got uh, pulled into kind of and yeah, produ producing soldiers. I would say instead of factory workers, the yeah. women could be the factory workers. The men would be soldiers. Yeah. And then also um, to push the propaganda against Jews, which was this whole Holocaust thing, which I don't really want to get into. Yeah, we don't have to, man. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's an uncomfortable topic. And uh, the fact that Germany is to this day being blamed for it is just, um, yeah. I mean, I get it. It yeah. was an, a horrific thing. Yeah. But it's nothing that any of the people that are populating Germany right now have done anything for exactly. or... Exactly. I mean, it shouldn't be forgotten for sure, but still blaming us for that, especially since Hitler itself wasn't even a German, is just like really far-fetched. Yeah, but I, I think I think the um, stigma. I'm hope hopeful that the stigma is kind of dying off. Um, me personally, I'm of a Jewish bloodline, but mm -hmm. I can have German friends. I have I have a couple German friends, and um, I would never hold it against this generation you know that that makes no logical sense at all you know yeah, exactly um it definitely shouldn't be forgotten um but it's just it's just part of history it's something we need to look at honestly and learn from it that's all that's all we can do and it's definitely yeah that that's where i would wish for the education system to um don't treat history class as an afterthought because I feel like the way they're doing it, just like every other subject, doesn't really um, give the students the um, impression that it's an important class at all. Yeah, it's, it's boring to them and they don't feel like it's getting them anything. And that's why a lot of students are so frustrated with the education system. They don't have the feeling that, that what they are learning is helping them in any way. But I think history should be something that everyone should at least um, be interested in not repeating. Mm -hmm. So um, there should be better emphasis on why you're learning historic stuff and the history of, I guess in your case, it's the history of America. Well, yeah. I mean, even world history is important. Uh, even ancient history is important, I believe. And, um, and I agree. I think that the education system needs some revamping. And I, th I would like to put a bigger emphasis on history and what we can learn from it. Um, I'd like to put a bigger emphasis on philosophy, um, critical thinking. There's a, and you're right, you know, the same way here in America, we cram our students' heads full of useless information just so that they can pass a test. And then after that, they kind of wipe the slate and start, you know, cramming a more useless information and to pass another test and i think that yeah. the most important thing is i think it would be more i think it would be better if we focused on our passions if everybody focused on their passion i think that we're all born with some inherent gift 
and all of, and all of our gifts are different. And if we can find those things, the things that we love and that we're passionate about at a young age, and then focus on those things, um, we could have more. We could have a more prosperous future. Everybody. Yeah, I would love that. Unfortunately, I don't think that in a capitalistic society that we all live in, it's something that is realistically achievable. Yeah. Because for that system to work, there are some positions that no one has passion for, but that they are needed, in, like numbers pushing and stuff like that. Even people that love math don't always love the accountant position, Yeah. right? Yeah. So um, there's always going to be a few people that uh, spend their lives with jobs that they don't want. And that's just an unfortunate reality. I have no idea how to... How to do anything about that yeah yeah i know it's just like i i have all these ideas and um and people are like well what how, how do you make this happen they're like i don't know i'm just putting the ideas out there man i i don't know how to make these things happen there's someone out there smarter than me that can figure this out or if we collectively mm -hmm. come together to figure this out i just think that ideas are important i think it's important to have conversations about things that are outside of the box because the way things are going right now it just it's kind of not working you know it isn't we are living in a big bubble pretty much yeah it's um, uh, it's a strange big time. bubble and when it bursts we have no idea what will happen yeah it's a kind of exciting honestly um I think I would prefer to use the word scary, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, most people kind of do prefer to use that word, but for me, like, yeah, it can be. It can be scary. Um, I also find it exciting, though. I mean, if the, if the shit hits the fan, um, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> I'm not talking about throwing shit at you. I'm just saying, if, if when the shit hits the fan, it'll be. Um, it'll be a break from the monotony. It's like, I don't know, things have gotten so monotonous in everyday life now. It's just, I feel like in a post-apocalyptic world, it would be more exciting. It would be fun. It'd be scary and difficult, but I kind of prefer it over this fucking get up, go to work, come back home, go to sleep, get up, go to work, and the monotony. Yeah, monotony is an interesting thing to discuss because, honestly, it's caused by, by ever-changing factors that cause the same monotony, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, the world is not the same as it was in 10 years, but even 10 years, like, 10 years ago, uh, the people lived in the same monotony, but it was the different factors that contributed to that. Yeah. But the world is ever-changing, the monotony stays the same. Yeah, it's a paradox, isn't it? Yeah, and even if you think about it in a post-apocalyptic world, it would still be a monotony. Sure, you had different dangers to deal with, but at the end of the day, your day would be waking up, yeah. surviving, yeah. finding food, uh, finding shelter for the next sleep. That would be your day. Sure, you'll get around more. <laughs> yeah, right. But then you're like, well, then you get caught in um in a cycle in a monotonous cycle and then you'll be like well i wish i could you know go to work i, I wish we still had like games. electricity yeah i wish we'd still yeah. have electricity i could play video and games clean water. um yeah so um well after we depressed ourselves reasonably <laughs> how you jump into another topic <laughs> no but uh, life is good i i mean overall i'm uh i am happy with life um, yeah, I mean, there is a lot, you know, I, I, I tell people, you know, it's not that I'm anti-American or that I want America to fall. It's not, you know, I, I'm very proud and um, blessed to be born here and to have the opportunities that I do have. Um, but there's just a lot about the broken and corrupted system that mm -hmm. I think we need to confront. And um, Yeah, the podcast is not called End America. It's yeah. called Detox America. Yeah, we're going to detoxify ourselves of the uh, the viruses that 
that we currently have in our system and uh that's kind of the idea we want to detox america um make it better you know um i think one of the biggest viruses that i am currently annoyed at i wouldn't even say i'm offended by it but i'm annoyed by it Donald Trump. it's the uh the big music industry right now oh yeah the way that works, that's just cancerous. It is cancerous, and you see it, you know, it, you see it spreading throughout the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so crazy. I saw, like, this uh, Japanese rapper the other day, and he was, I mean, he might as well have been, like, here, like, producing the video in America with, like, all of the, uh, the bling and everything, the, uh, you know, the materialistic aspect of everything it's i think it is it's definitely a a cancer and i don't want to blame hip-hop or rap solely um because you know when hip-hop originated it was about revolution it was about um coming up out of poverty and and now it, it kind of still is you know there the the dream is to make it big and uh, become a millionaire. It's just. I mean, we we all know why hip hop is such a dominant genre at the moment. Yeah, it's become easy to produce. It's very cheap to produce, and you can produce a lot of it. Yeah, and and you see, um, you know, the type of people that the record industry, you know, who they're signing, who they're giving record deals to, are, um, you know, of course, it's the entertainment factor. And uh, they're signing people who have really no talent at all. But like you said, it's... I mean, uh, there there is the six nine dude, right? Yeah. Right. And the six nine dude is, um, I, I will say first uh, the things that I do appreciate about him, right? He has uh, immediate recognizability. He has a very unique look, um, and he also has a style that's different from what the other rappers in the scene are doing because he's basically just screaming his head off. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take talent to do that, but he's doing it very well. Yeah, for sure. That said, he's uh, he's a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the promotion of violence and and drug use or drug abuse, um, it's a, uh, it's so crazy, man. It, it's so crazy that we accept it and we let our kids listen to it, and. Uh, we gotta. We have to want better for ourselves, and yeah. and I mean, I I get like the part of the industry that's like about fun, going to the clubs and stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's good to have fun. We do need you know music we can dance to and stuff. It, I think that's a very important part of life is having fun. Yeah, that's dancing. why I wouldn't say that like a hundred percent of the Billboard Hot One Hundred are garbage. Right. But like, there's a good eighty percent of people in there that uh, don't really care about their own output. They just throwing it together because the record label said so, yeah, and um, pretty much doing their music by the numbers. That's why we have all those underproduced um, Latino music right now, and all these. Like, if you listen to the Latino pop charts, I, I had to do that at the end of last year because I was searching for stuff to nominate for Worst Music Moment of the Year, right? Yeah. So. Um, I listened to the Latino pop charts, and what I noticed is that pretty much every song used the exact same beat. It was always like, the entire way through. And then they they will stop it for a second to bring it back for the chorus. And that's how they make it appear as the chorus having more impact when it really doesn't. So you think, what do you think is the, the cause of that? Why is it what like do I, that? What do I think is the cause of that? Okay, Pearl. Like I said, um, the record labels are wanting, like every big company, they want more and more money each year. They want, they want growth, constant growth. If anything is stagnating, that's pretty much as if it was a loss, even though they're still making the same amount of money every year. But they want more. So what they are doing is they... Um, Searching out the music that is easier and cheaper to produce with less people to pay, i.e. the single rappers. Yeah. Um, and those don't have high budgets for their uh, live shows either, right? They are just going on to the stage. You have basically no musicians to pay. 
You're just putting a DJ on there. Uh, so they have to pay less. And the production costs going down every year and everything, stuff like that, right? Yeah. And in order to make the public not sick and tired of it, even even though I am personally, um, what they are doing is they're using psychological stuff. The the re- Have you ever noticed like going down the street and having the, the feeling that a specific song is following you around? Yeah. That you're hearing it everywhere. You're, you're going into the car, it's on the radio. You're going out yeah. of the car into the supermarket, it's playing in the supermarket. That's because those record labels use a bit of their money to have that song play everywhere. So you're getting exposed to the song all the time. And it's just um, a fact in psycholo- psychology That's that when you're, when you're exposed to the same stuff, um, you recognize it. And stuff that you recognize, your brain registers as good. <laughs> that's why um, I personally like to listen to stuff that if it came out today, I would hate. But because it came out in the 2000s when I was growing up and that stuff was on the radio every day, uh, that's why I like those songs. Right. They're using the same thing. It's just that they're using it with worse and worse, and worse music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's what they're exploiting. That's it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to even think about, you know, revamping the music industry or how we can bring it back to um, more heart, more soul. Um, it would need an indie trend of some way right. to organically grow and making it necessary like new metal did Yeah, like back in the 2000s. That was an organic thing. Yeah, definitely. And it was... It was great while it lasted, um, but I, 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 you know, that's kind of like the um, the gaming industry too. How they, how we need indie games to get more recognition and and come up uh, and bring back good video games. Uh, yes, the difference with the gaming industry. Um, the gaming industry is pretty much exhausting their customer base in a way that the music industry doesn't. Um, but the gaming industry basically is doing right now the big thing you might have heard of it is the uh, live service model for the games which basically means they're doing the thing that destiny 2 did and the thing that pretty much every ea game ever did yeah. and ubisoft is another big one um they're giving you a base game of course full price with like seventeen thousand different deluxe editions an ultimate edition that's more ultimate than the other ultimate edition <laughs> gold silver stuff all of that right also, four different release dates so that you can make that little uh, spreadsheet even bigger. Yeah. Confuse your customer to making an uninformed purchase. That's another big thing. Um, also, uh, after the, the customer bought that game, they're having to play it a bunch so that they spend more money on microtransactions uh, over time. And also buy the season pass and the other season pass because there's multiple season passes now. If you look at that All Life 6... That has a season pass that's more expensive than the deluxe edition of the game, and it's only season pass one. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I, yeah, it's gonna more and more out of control. So I'm they're exhausting. Not, I'm not even inclined to even fall for that bullshit. Like, I don't find myself playing those games at all. And yeah, I, I just. I mean, I will. I will probably play it at all life six, but I'm not going to buy the season pass because most of that is costumes. I don't care about costumes. Right. I noticed, so, that, um, when I, I noticed that when I was buying, um, you know, they remade Resident Evil 2, and I noticed that, you know, they were trying to push the Deluxe Edition onto me, and I was like, well, what does, what's what's different about Deluxe? And it's really just costumes. I was like, well, that's not going to make my game experience any better. That's another that's another big secret of AAA uh, industry, the the extra stuff that is designed to make you buy the more expensive stuff is never worth the price. If they carve out missions to sell you back, those missions will not be like important to the story in any way. They are basically just like some stupid like I don't know. It's not fun. It's not a fun level that you're getting from that for your money. Right. And it's gonna be like skins and costumes and stupid stuff like that that you will never need probably not even use yeah and i think i think we see it that way being um more 
mature gamers, people who grew up with, <clears throat> you know, like Nintendo and, <clears throat> you know, like PlayStation 1 and all those things, uh, we've kind of grown up as gamers and still are as adults. And, uh, yeah. but the kids who are coming in, you know, playing games now, I just, I don't think they get it. They don't see it. And it's, it's kind of, uh, sad. Um, I think the gaming industry is kind of taking advantage of that fact. And, you know, you got these kids begging their parents, you know, drop money on the battle pass this, you know, this season. And, you know, they need the next skins. If they don't have the skins, they can't hold their head up at school. Like, it's it's a, it's really weird. And, um, yeah, yeah, the gaming industry is capitalizing on it. But let me finish my thought from earlier, right? All the stuff that I said earlier in, in mind, they are uh, exhausting monetary resources. But also they're expecting you to play the game a bunch so you get hooked enough to spend money on those resources and they want you to play it long enough over years in fact that's what uh, ubisoft stated is the mission statement yeah over years so that you buy the other season passes and stuff like that so but what they are doing is that you already spend all your money and you're also expected to play that game all the time there are like let's say even five new triple a games from one publisher every year that have this business model. Mm -hmm. That's just one publisher. Right now, the, all the other publishers are throwing their head in the ring, directly conflicting with each other. So after one year, you're having, like, let's say, 20 different live service games running. How much time in the day does uh, someone who works from 9 to 5, right, mm -hmm. comes home, how much, how much time in the day does he have to play, like, 20 different games? Right. So yeah. the time resource is completely drawn out already at this point. It's going to get worse. That's Monetary tough. resource is going to get uh, depleted. Pretty that That's going to happen in the next couple of years. I'm pretty much guaranteeing it. That sucks. So that bubble is almost burst at this point. Yeah. Or that's the business model that they're building themselves onto because they need to make the money, again, with the constant growth, because they have investors to keep happy. That's the actual customer base of EA and Activision. And, right? Yeah, man. And we already know that those people have um, CEOs that are overpaid over 300 times the amount a normal worker makes. Yeah. That's, how the mon that's where the money is disappearing into, is the pockets of the CEOs. And then the interests of the, you know... Yeah, stuff like that. You're you're absolutely right because I mean, the game the the rate that games are coming out now, like it's it's hard for me to ever get through one, and then there's a new one that, you know, comes like I haven't even finished the the three other games, you know, and it's, uh, it's crazy. And so I I have kind of, uh, you know, like you stepped away from the AAA video games. Uh, it's it is getting out of hand and um and, and and i found that most of them are just polished with great graphics and um and uh and effects and then i'm like getting no substance from these video games and so i have started to stick more to like playing my switch and playing the indie yeah. games and and i'm getting so much more enjoyment out of them and yeah, and that's I that's what the end game is going to be, when when the bubble uh, actually bursts and all of those uh, losses are dribbling in, they have to completely redo their business model. And in the time it takes them to really um, find their footing again, you know who doesn't have any losses in the meantime, indie games, yeah. giving you like a satisfying. 10-hour experience yeah. complete from start to finish with no hidden costs. Maybe they'll give you an expansion later for five bucks. Yeah. And that that all for like 20. Yeah. You guys like, will not have any losses. It's, it's like Celeste. Celeste was only 15 bucks here in America. Yeah. And, I had in time. Yeah. Um, Another big one that I was playing recently. And uh, Dead Cells <laughs> is... Amazing. That's endless, endless fun. Uh, yeah. 
and it's I mean I've probably put like 40 hours into that game and I've barely scratched the surface of it it's it's crazy it is did so... you pay for that game um I paid twenty dollars for it yeah now compare that to destiny 2 what you probably would pay like 60 bucks plus like 20 for the expansion right how much playtime do you get out of that uh, I got really bored with it really fast. Um, I probably put about 30, 20 to 30 hours into it, and I was just like, man, what? this is pointless. So pointless. I got Yeah, no since then they've given that game away for free. Yeah. And That's it, why I own it now, but I have never played it. Yeah, I don't know. I tried. My, my, my little brother liked it a lot, and he always wanted me to get on and play with him. So I gave it a shot, and it was just like, I'm not getting anything out of this. And, and it's, I guess he's more of that kind of gamer who likes games like that, but I'm more of like a RPG-driven kind of, I like a good story. I like, and, yeah. and the, there was just, the story on Destiny 2 was just horrible. So horrible. <laughs> Destiny One was already a pretty bad story. Yeah, I heard that, and and they're like, Destiny Two is better, and I was like, okay, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> but um, so yeah, yeah, if that doesn't make it for indie games over Triple A, then I don't know what does. Oh, and what they did with the uh, Fallout seventy six was. Oh, I I laughed all the way to the bedroom. So and depressing. Then... Yeah, I mean, it was literally just one scandal after the other, pretty much every other day. So bad. And then New Year's came around, and then the nukes didn't work, because they didn't account their programming for the change of the year. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was the one selling point they had. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. That I feel like that could just ruin Bethesda. Like, how are they going to come back from that? Bethesda is already, like, uh, for a couple of years now. On its way They've out. been pretty much only releasing Skyrim every other year right, for, for new platforms. They yeah. did it for freaking Alexa. They released Skyrim on Alexa. My Alexa just came up. Oops, sorry. Because <laughs> I have you on the speaker. She said, sorry, I don't know that. Oh, yeah. it's okay, Alexa. <laughs> She's not offended. She doesn't have feelings. <laughs> Um, what do you think about... Uh... Yeah, they brought Skyrim out every other day. They're using the same engine for all of their games. Yeah, that is... And the engine is way old at this yeah, point. Yeah, because it's easy. And they keep, making, they keep making the worlds bigger every time. And it and can't handle it. Putting nothing in it. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. That's why I described Skyrim, even when it initially came out, I described Skyrim as the vastness of an ocean, but with the depth of a puddle. There you go. <laughs> I really, I really do not like Skyrim. Uh, I'm a big Oblivion fan. Yeah. I played Oblivion a bunch, and that game is so much better than Skyrim. I know that graphically Skyrim looks better, but that's just time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And even still, like I can go back and play games from 2004 and still enjoy the crap out of it. Like I, the, Heck, I could go back playing Morrowind and I would still enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean the graphic quality, like it doesn't matter to me anymore. Uh, you know, now that I'm playing indie games, you know, most of them eight bit, sixteen bit, and and it's just I still have a great time. The the graphics are, I mean, and I even love the art style of a lot of these sixteen bit games and everything. I find it yeah. more pleasing, in a way. Um, but I was gonna, we, we were talking about Alexa, I was gonna ask you, man, uh, I kinda wanna know your ideas on where do you think we're going as a civilization when it comes to technology? Oh, I think it's gonna, it's, it's gonna get crazy. Like, the flying cars haven't quite happened yet, but they're working on them. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, I think technology in and on itself will only, uh, make life better. I don't think that... Uh, what Wally was depicting humanity as is going to happen just like that. Right. Um, it's it's not going to be that worse. I mean, employment that's going to be an issue that we have to keep an eye on. If robots can do every job, yeah. Well, I'm, probably I'm... probably can be an issue. 
I heard a theory that, you know, once everything is uh, mechanized, we have robots doing all these jobs and everything, that kind of opens up an age of leisure for us. And um, there's ideas being discussed about a uh, basic universal income. Um, and really, I think, that, of course, I'm just too dumb to work all this stuff out, but yeah. it, it, it sounds nice. An age of leisure. I don't. I don't think that uh, universal income will work because humanity, in and on itself, is, for the most part, pretty greedy. Yeah. So I don't think that uh, that's like the communistic idea, right? That doesn't work because there are people that want more power than others. Yeah, but I mean, the, the same is, way. I don't think that uh, universal income will work either. But we we've just got. We're gonna have to figure out something. Whenever everything is mechanized, uh, yeah, I, I mean the the um, society model that we live in now, the capitalism, mm -hmm. will not work in that world. Exactly, and, because capitalism needs workers. And the and that world is inevitable at the rate that technology is expanding. You know, exponentially yeah. year year by year, it's just doubling in growth every year, and. Um, we're yeah, we're gonna have to figure something out. Um, it's gonna be an in that that's that's a, a future prospect that I would use the word interesting for, because absolutely. I don't I think there's gonna be so much weird stuff gonna like if you are if you look at videos from like technology expos, the stuff that already exists is just mind blowing. It hasn't hit the market. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely gonna be a very interesting time, and it's I think. I'm so glad to be alive in this this day and age. Um, yeah, same. There's so much change going on, and it's all very exciting. It's very strange. I don't think we have quite grasped how amazing it is. I don't think we've um, really grasped how amazing this time is. Everybody's talking about, oh, I want to go live back in... You know, fifteen hundred, or you know, everybody likes to talk no, about. No, you won't. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like, no, dude, no, you wouldn't. Like, everybody talks about going back in time. I'm like, um, I'm more excited about this time that we have here. Like, I don't think there's any better time to have ever been alive than right now. Yeah, I would. I would love to know what uh, future music genres would look uh, sound like. Very like there's gotta be like a couple of new metal genres along the way, right? You think it's gonna it's be gonna very? I mean, it's all gonna be done electronically, don't you think? Metal will not die, I don't think. Metal already has electric guitars, right? Yeah, yeah, but and I mean, metal has too too loyal of a fan base, really. I but, mean, you can you can argue about purists, but yeah. they're still there, and the fan base is just passionate enough that I don't think that metal will ever die. It will change its form. Yeah. It has always changed its form, but that's what I, I believe to be the wonderful thing about metal music, yeah. that it's just a big family and it keeps evolving and spreading out. Uh, that's why I, I was really uh, big on the baby metal hype when they first broke out. That, that to me, is a new genre yeah. that will just grow and evolve and maybe even someday spread other genres from it. But do you think... Uh, of course, humans always have the drive to create create music, but I kind of see, you know, with the advancement of technology and AI, do you think it's going to get to a point in the music industry where artificial intelligence is creating better music than humans can? It will not create better music. It will create more complex music. Yeah. I, I don't know about better like if you look at the MIDI movement, yeah. that's still done by humans. But uh, like, uh, that's that's the type of music that you can't uh, perform as a human at all. Yeah, that's gonna be the stuff of robots. And then you look at Vocaloids, which are uh, singing software, and that's a big fan base. I mean, that still needs a human producer. Yeah, but uh, that pretty much gives everyone uh, who needs a singer the opportunity to just have an artificial one and it works yeah for sure it's it will not it will never like completely replace human singers because 
uh, that's uh, a completely different world of emotion and intonation that uh, those programs can can't reach and will never reach. I agree, man. I uh, glad I glad I brought that up and that uh, your kind of your your response was perfect, man. I, I completely agree. <laughs> Um, that said, I'm still a big Vocaloid fan. There's a lot of good music in there. Yeah, it's uh, it's just another thing that's gonna be exciting to see how it evolves. Um, also, uh, robots cannot be creative. They can only follow a program. Yeah. And even if you use uh, robots that are self-learning, they will not be creative. They will on only ever cross off new problems that arise. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So creativity is an is an inherent human thing, and it's needed for music. Yeah. If you have not a single creative person in your like even producer staff, if if none of the musicians is creative at all, at least you need a creative producer to make it work, because otherwise you're just gonna get a bunch of noise. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to move on to um, kind of uh, we. You know, on my stream the other day, and we decided to do this podcast, um, I kind of brought up, uh, I wanted to know, like, what is the view from Germany? And, of course, you're speaking uh, subjectively. Um, yeah. What is the view from Germany towards America? In this, so, uh, this when I, when I, uh, that was the one thing that I prepared myself for a little bit, okay. because I knew that would come up so i had a lot of time to think about it because i can sit here and speak for like 80 million germans yeah but i can like think about what people that i regularly talk to and people that i just have casual conversations with on the street or stuff what they are saying when america's brought up and what i'm usually hearing is that especially since trump is there the general perception is that America is just kind of unorganized. Yeah. Because they have a president that just kind of does whatever. <laughs> and he's, he still has frequent outbursts on Twitter and yeah. stuff like that, right? Yeah. I would have wished personally that he would stop that after he got the, got the job. Yeah. Um... And then also the big thing that always comes up when uh, we talk about America is the, the gun thing. It's completely alien to us that you are still having so frequent issues with shootings. Yeah. Um, so the Donald Trump thing, um, he's definitely turned us into a laughing stock amongst... With, I mean, I can't speak for every other nation, but from looking from the out or from the inside out... Um, and being a critic of his, I I just feel like he has turned us into a laughing stock, and I find it very um, disheartening that we've come to this point in our history that we have elected such a man to be the the face of our nation. I mean, if I remember correctly, he didn't have the majority vote of the population, did he? He did not. We've got a very fucked up. Uh, old just kind of archaic system set up on how he won that vote and how he won the presidency um and he did lose the popular vote so the majority of the population uh did not vote for him uh he lost in that aspect but we have the um what's it called i'm drawing a blank some kind of a Council or something? The, the Electoral College. And um, he he won based off of their votes, which is like a... See, that's another thing that we don't understand is having a voting system where the population vote isn't a deciding factor. Exactly. It's it's asked backwards. Um, we don't understand that at all. And what they... And what they... Um, what they say is that you know this electoral college at the time it was set up it was set up so that um people the population of america in the rural areas like the farmers and everything that's um kind of they can't get to a voting box or anything you know back in those days um the electoral was called was was made so to to vote for them or to give them a voice like they 
they elect like house representatives for their states and stuff and then collectively they vote and i don't know why it's more i don't know why it's still around just because in this day and age you know whether you're in a rural area or not you have access to you pay your bills online or over the phone or through the mail there's there we're connected even in the rural areas we're still connected and there's there's got to be a way to revamp that and um i think that's definitely something we need to look at you know coming in the next decade um you also brought up the uh the gun situation firearms yeah um so americans are very um attached to their firearms uh it's uh it's in our constitution you know uh the right to bear arms um it's it's very it's a part of american society and the the reason for bearing arms is really i think it was said to defend ourselves from a tyrannical government and how ironic yeah very ironic and um and they are working on there's this thing going on where they like liberals want to take guns away conservatives want to keep guns i don't put myself in any of these categories really i'm just a human and i just so happen to be born here in america um i have firearms i have one handgun and one rifle and um i uh i have them for my protection um and it's just the society that we live in I, it, it's sad that i need to to have a pistol on me for my protection mm. Um, but... I mean, it's true that at the point that the uh, society is at, that you absolutely need a gun to defend yourself because everyone else has a gun. Yeah, exactly. Especially where I, I'm... I do understand that. Um, it's I've I've lost uh, a loved one. My older brother was murdered, not by a gun, by a, but by a, a person with a gun. Um, it wasn't mm -hmm. the gun that killed him. It was the the person behind it pulling the trigger um i think it's important to be able to defend yourself um but i think th at the heart of this crisis going on in america behind all the shootings and everything the the real problem is mental health um yeah we have we have a real big mental health crisis going on in, here in america that is not getting the attention it it, it deserves um, we're broken. I think that it, that's partly because mental health is still like a bit of a, a taboo yeah. issue. Yeah. And um, a lot of it, I think, is also because of work culture. Like uh, the, if you look at Japan, for instance, that's one of the hard workers, uh, working countries, hardest working countries. Um, you will notice that there is a lot of pressure on there. People are sleeping at their desks yeah. and stuff like that. And because of that, they have a high suicide rate. They also have a, the highest suicide rail, uh, rate in the world uh, under, uh, in, in the group of students because the, the pressure system of the education system there because of the work situation is so high. Yeah. So that's why I believe there is a link between the way that working life is in a country and the mental health issues, because you're gonna, that's also feeding into the monotony thing that we talked about earlier. Yeah. If you are having like that, those, those many hours in a six day week, um, every day it is the same thing. And you're having one day to regain the strength that you spent on, or like the energy you spent on the work so that you can get to work the next day. It's going to get depressing after a while. Yeah, that's not even taking into account all the other societal pressures. Uh, probably in some states there's marriage thing. If you're gay, that's another different pressure thing. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, even though uh, gay marriage is allowed, I think now in America, yeah, it's still, it's still not stigmatized. Exactly. That that's what I was using. I wanted to use. And then you're looking at the trans uh, people who are having an even worse. Uh, situation on their hands absolutely 
if you're a gay trans person, that's when you know you're you're in the shit. Andrew Black. It's a is it is an issue here in America. Um, yeah, um, we do notice that there's a big racism issue in America, but it it doesn't get prioritized over the other stuff that I already mentioned uh, over here, mainly because. Uh, I think it does like racism in America is upsetting to us, but it doesn't really concern us in any way. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the reason why it's rarely talked about. It's definitely a a concern over here. Um, It's, it's, it's very, it's so ridiculous. It's just, it's an old way of thinking. It's, it's archaic, just like everything else in our society that we have to get over. And, um, it's it's crazy that there is still racism and um i mean it it really segregation didn't end that long ago here in america i mean what it's been maybe 60 70 years yeah about 60 60 70 years since segregation ended um so it really, that's not that long ago. That's just like a generation ago, like a, a person ago, you know, like one person ago, we were, we still had segregation. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it is going to take some time for us to, for those wounds to heal. And, um, I think I, I'm actually, I'm very hopeful for the future. Um, I am too, because the young generation uh, as a whole, I think it's actually very um, understanding of these issues. Yeah, and um, I mean, the younger generation, they get a lot of shit here in America. But I mean, and especially even, you know, my generation, uh, millennials, we get a lot of shit. But what, I mean, look at what we've been handed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, And we've got to, we've got to find a way to overcome, you know, the shit hand that we've been dealt because of previous generations who neglected the issues that you just couldn't afford to neglect. Mm. So um, it's going to be very interesting times. <laughs> interesting times should be the title of this podcast. There go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're coming up to around an hour. You know, I like to keep these things a little short. But yeah. um, I'm trying to think, like, how do we view Germany? <laughs> how do Americans view Germany? It's not really something that we I know the talk stereotype, about. Like. Right? The stereotypes are we are drinking beer all the time, we are shouting at each other in the streets, and we are also very serious paper are, workers. Are you not? <laughs> Um, I mean, I am not. <laughs> the stereotypes are wrong. Yeah, I mean, I do drink beer a lot. Yeah. Um, that part is true. We have very good beer. Um, drink, y'all drink. Y'all don't drink it cold, right? Um, we do. Okay. I I have a friend who's uh has family in Germany, and she goes over there. I guess like uh, she said that she drinks a lot of warm beer in Germany. That's, I mean, I, I can see what places she would go to to do that. Yeah. But the general, uh, like, in general, I would say that most beers um, taste best when they are cold. Yeah, agreed. They don't have to be ice cold like vodka has, yeah, has but, to, yeah. in my opinion. But uh, a cold beer is just the best thing after yeah. a long day of work. And Germany definitely has some great beers. We do, we do. We pride ourselves on that a little bit as well. <laughs> I will say that. Um, um, yeah, but if you look around in my room, I'm very disorganized. And it's definitely <laughs> not true that every German is like very serious about the organization. Yeah, yeah. As long as I find the shit I'm looking for, I'm good. <laughs> it's like organized chaos. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a pretty chaotic person in general. Yeah. So that's that doesn't help me. Um, another thing that a lot of people are surprised to hear is that, um, uh, especially in in my what what I've seen in 
just public areas is that Germans are actually very shy. They do not like stop and have a casual conversation in the street. They do not. They don't like to be uh, spoken to by strangers very much. They might answer, but just because they want a conversation to be done already. Yeah. And if if we are um, at a party and there's no one there that we know, uh, I know that for myself, I heard other stories uh, confirming that as well. We are just kind of sitting there. <laughs> That's awkward. Yeah, we are. We are not the strongest yeah. social social bunch. America is uh, completely different in that aspect. Um, after those drinks kick in, um, everybody gets pretty social, very verbal, very loud. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's been great talking to you. Um, I definitely will do this again for sure. Get into. Um, oh yeah, I, I'm open to it. For sure, yeah. I, I feel like um, we kind of just scratched the surface, but um, we will definitely do this again. If you have anything you want to ask a German, you can leave that in the comments. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If anybody has any questions for, for a German, wants to know a, a disorganized German's point of view, <laughs> uh, you can ask Fan. You comment yeah. and I'll, I'll make sure he gets that comment and, and we'll we'll get an answer for you it's been great talking yeah, to you we'll definitely do that yeah likewise I enjoyed this yeah for sure well um have a good night it's uh 3pm here so it's uh what is it 10 in Germany 10 17 yeah alright man we'll have a good night and uh I'll catch you on the on a stream yeah, see ya, man. All right, man. Have a good one.